All right, welcome to the Missed You NBA podcast, uh, basketball news, culture, opinions, thoughts and feelings coming at you fortnightly from right here in Melbourne. I am Max Burston. That over there is Ari Burston, no relation. Ari, (laughs) (laughs) how are you doing today? Well, it's a bombshell. (laughs) I don't know. Everything's changed. I've come to Uh, tell you that you're adopted. (laughs) No, I'm good. I'm good. It's... um. It's like all-star announcement week, which is more mm. exciting than all-star weekend. So like, you know, I feel like you reach a certain age where like this becomes the all-star weekend. It's like, oh man, I can't wait to find out who's been snubbed, who's been, and then like actual all-star weekend comes in. It's like, yeah, yeah, that was mm. a game. Yeah, so, actually, you know, that's... didn't even find myself caring that much about the announcements, to be honest. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> As every year that goes on, I mean, I just find it, yeah, a somewhat... Uh, boring topic, uh, which we will be talking about today. (laughs) (laughs) I think the announcements matter because I think not many people win the finals MVPs. Not many people win uh, regular season MVPs. And when you look back on people's career, all-star appearances is always kind of like one of the things which gets mentioned. Like he was an 18-time all-star. So I feel like in terms of like evaluating players' legacies and like how they're remembered, all-stars like matter a surprising amount in just the way players kind of get treated by the next generation so i think like making a team is almost more important than actually playing in the game yeah well they do definitely but again i always come back to that argument is should it necessarily be that way and the reason yeah (laughs) right (laughs) i I mean and the yeah like i'm sure the reason we're both saying that is it's so arbitrary in a lot of ways where um you know, on the one hand, uh, it's it's subject to so many different opinions, one of which is like fan voting. Um, and if track record and history shows us anything, it's that the majority of fans know no. no absolute dick about who to vote as an all-star. Actually, you know what? I won't even say that. I'll just say they vote for who they want to vote for, like guys on their own team or like some guys yeah. just vote for people to be funny. Um, we'll get we'll get into the problems with the all star stuff soon because there are many. <laughs> which well, let's get into it now. Like we're 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 here. We're on it. I guess we are talking about the well. All right, but so like before we before we go in deep on it, the all star starters were announced last week. The reserves will probably be announced in the next couple of days. Uh, yeah, they will probably be announced by the time you guys at home listening to this. But the starters anyway. Um, in the east, we've got front court: Joel Embiid, Giannis, Anthony Gumbo. Uh, Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan, Trey Young. Seems pretty right to me. I'm good with that. Are you good with that? Uh, I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, like, I, it, fluked, it fluked its way into being the, that's the, the right five, I yeah, think. That's, that's the one. Um, then the West, we have backcourt. Steph Curry, Ja Morant, frontcourt, LeBron, Nikola Jokic, and Andrew Wiggins, Ari. There's nothing sacred. Andrew Wiggins. So, All-star starter, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> all right. So now, now that we've you know mentioned that, um, we can delve into the problems. Actually, beforehand, I just want to list the my list of players who I think are more deserving of being in that All Star starter spot than Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. I've got. Rudy I want to Go- see if we're, I've got a list as well. I want to see if it's the same list. All right, I got Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Davis, Luca, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Draymond Green. I've got uh, Murray in there as well. Dejounte, yeah. Okay, cool. 
Um, yeah, not fine. Cyclist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So like the whole thing was like, I don't know how Wiggins exactly got voted in. There was a rumor that like some K-pop star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the, yeah, Which is Korean because... pop. Uh, and then, um, you know, bam, like bam. Love the Warriors or Love Wiggins or something and like got all well, his followers. Well, I to... wouldn't, I don't, I don't know if it's like a loved situation. Like this person was like officially hired by the Warriors to be their global ambassador. Oh, as no a way of shit. like drumming up support uh, in the, I guess, like the, you know, the Korean uh, community, like that were trying to, you know, I, I think there's a fairly big Asian community in San Francisco. Uh, and so they were like, well, let's kind of, you know, drum that up overseas. So they hire, or, you know, some like influencer type deal uh, with Bam Bam, a K-pop star who is now like the global ambassador for the Warriors. And that, you know, leads to a huge amount. And you see this at times, you know, in the past, like, you know, like Kendall Jenner's like on her various social media saying like vote for Devin Booker. It's just when it's someone who... Where was she at this year? Where was she this year? (laughs) (laughs) Not doing her job properly. Um, But yeah, like, so, you know, it's funny because, you know, I think this happens a lot and then it's when it leads to something which feels a bit more egregious, like like Wiggins getting picked. That's when you notice it. It's like, oh yeah, this is a flawed system where this can happen. But like... I don't know. Don't let the internet vote for shit if you don't want mm. this to happen. Like England's released a new boat in the Navy maybe a decade ago and had internet voting for it. And the top vote was Bodie McBoatface. And <laughs> <laughs> like you give people this responsibility and this power to vote. And like, you know, you can't under underestimate how many people will take the piss. And I don't think that's what's happening with Wiggins, but like Caruso got a lot of votes last year and that was, you know, the meme of it all. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think you're always going to be disappointed when you put faith in, in the mass of people. But um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even want to disrespect Andrew Wiggins, who's having the best season of his career and is a really valuable contributor to the mm. team. Uh, well, one of the top teams in the league. Like, there's an argument that he deserves an all-star spot. There's so many of them these days. But yeah. not a starter. I mean, <laughs> there no. are so many better guys than that. Um, and then you you get into the whole positions of it all. And, um, yeah. you know, like front court and back court. Like, to me, that to me, it shouldn't even be that. And half the, like, they've got DeRozan starting at, shoot at guard for the East. But he hasn't played a minute of guard no. all year for the Bulls. But then in saying that, I'm going to come full circle. Like what exactly makes him not a guard for the Bulls either? He has the ball in his hands on the perimeter yeah, all the time. Yeah. The point is like it just doesn't matter like that anymore. It should just be five guys that can – the five best guys. It's an all-star game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Basketball's um, become but, so positionless. Yeah, exactly. So I just think throw that out of the window. Um, but yeah, I mean I, – and then I think the big discussion with the all-star game is – is like, who is it for? What's its purpose? Because we were just talking about the whole legacy thing where it does impact yeah. the way people view players' legacy. Um, but then, you know, on the other hand, maybe it should just be a fun thing for the kids, in which case um, maybe voting is done according to that. I don't know, Ari. Like, what do you see as the biggest problem with the All-Star Game and, and, and the whole um, voting system and how do we fix it? Because it's, it's pretty wild. Yeah, well, I think first off, the no-brainer there is you make it positionless. And I think it's probably going to happen eventually. Like in the early 2010s, Chris Kamen was a starter and then Roy Hibbert was a starter. And then there was- Did Kamen actually start one year? I think he started one year. Wow. I think think there was an injury involved, but I think he ended up in that center spot. And then, you know, 
it became possessionless because that was like unacceptable. So I think that's bound to happen eventually. Like, you know, like Wiggins might be the one who pushes it over the edge and makes them go, oh, or at least make it. But in saying that, there's tons of front court players that are more deserving oh, of that I think there's like, Wiggins. I think there's Towns, there's Gobert, and there's maybe Draymond Green. But all the other ones you mentioned, like Doncic, Booker, Mitchell, Paul, Lillard, Anthony Edwards. Oh, and then I guess Davis is also front court. Davis. But he's been injured a lot. So, you know, I think that's But still, he's just, he's much better than, I don't know, yeah. Depends <laughs> how much you, you weigh in, like, past performance and yeah. stuff like that. There is but a like, dog that's... barking in the background. Can you hear the dog? No. Okay, if you can't hear it. Ah, oh, I hope, hope, I hope, if the mic's picking it up, I apologize. That's right. So many dogs uh, around <laughs> Like, yeah, that, to me, that's the, the easy one, is making it positionless. Then I guess how you fix it from there kind of comes down to, like you said, like, what's the All-Star game about? Because if it's just a fun thing for the kids, Andrew Wiggins probably shouldn't be starting. <laughs> well, that's... Like, yeah. like, he shouldn't be starting no, no matter how you yeah. set the criteria for the starters. Yeah. What do you think of the starting lineup being LeBron, Curry, Doncic, Morant, and Clay? Clay? Yeah. Clay Thompson? Yeah. Because that's what it would be if it was done by the five highest selling jerseys in the Western Conference. <laughs> well, Clay doesn't deserve a spot this year. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, maybe make people put their money where their mouth is. You want to vote for someone, go out and buy a jersey. No, you know who it's really on? It's it's on the NBA for making too many players eligible. There's oh, no, you think there should no be like reason. a short list? Yeah, there's no reason like Caruso should even be eligible. And I love Alex Caruso. He's just not an all But Wiggins starter. should be eligible. Yeah, fine. Wiggins should be eligible. But uh, like, I'm just talking in a general sense. Yeah, in general. You, yeah. Look, you know, there was a year where Zaza Pachulia was mm. freaking voted in as a starter. I can't remember if it ended up happening or not, but he was in that lead spot for a long period of yeah. time. And part of it's the Golden State thing. Like Golden State has now become like the most popular team where um, maybe not maybe not across all generations, but in terms of online fandom, like they have the biggest yeah. um, Reddit membership in their subreddit of any NBA team. Okay. They have the most Instagram following. So the people who are yeah. online voting yeah, Golden State has the biggest contention. Yeah, okay. And, you know, Petrolia was on Golden State. Wiggins on Golden State. Um, yeah. But yeah, there to to me, there are certain players that should not be eligible to be voted in as an All Star starter. And then from there, yeah. uh, I think they need to distribute the voting a little bit differently. Maybe weigh it a little yeah. bit differently. Maybe fans have twenty five percent. Maybe I mean Van Gundy yeah. was on. I can't remember what game he was on, but he was floating an idea where it was like split in the five. You have like fans, media players refs and then analytics people um and so like the analytics people independent of the nba are kind of there to make yeah. sure that there is some actual statistical truth bearing out in what's happening they have the fun they have the fun statistic the, yeah they, yes they, yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> yeah the most popular one um, and then the refs were in there because they you know see more games in person than anyone else um i don't know like yeah. it's, a, it's an idea but I think even without going that deep, you just kind of tilt it so it's a bit more media, a bit less fans. Yeah. Because from like media and coaches and stuff, Wiggins like barely received any votes. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he still made it in. So I feel like it's very skewed towards the fan vote right now. Maybe yeah. you could just like tweak that a little, give the fans a little less say. Yeah. And then, I think you know, so. 
Like it could, you know, a simple fix like that could make a world of difference. But I guess at the end of the day, we agree with nine out of the ten spots, and we're just here, like, what can we do to stop Wiggins from starting in an All Star game? But maybe it is but, like, but oh, this is, let him start. This is a broader discussion that Wiggins yeah. being voted in has brought up. Yes, but this is one of the most egregious examples of it. But like, the, you know, I mean, we, we've said this, like you and I both agree that really in its essence, the All-Star game is and should be for the kids when you're a kid. All-Star weekend is the most exciting thing of all time. Yeah. Like it's the best. Um, but, you know, it does still weigh on people's leg- legacies when adults are looking back at it. Um, yeah. And yeah, so uh, either we need to shift our perspective of that or... Or I don't know. You know, it's just unfortunate it's like that. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's All-Star Weekend. Like it doesn't have a huge bearing on anything. I'd much rather look at All-NBA and like wins, yeah. for example, different things like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. Wiggins might win All-Star Game MVP. And that would be great. Well, yeah, that would sh- shut that, us off. That would be awesome. <laughs> I don't see a circumstance where that happens. And again, like this actually sucks because now we're shitting on Andrew Wiggins for twenty minutes. <laughs> he's the, but he's having he's, like he doesn't career. deserve it. But it's you no, know he's I mean? playing. He doesn't great. deserve criticism, but it's just he's not yeah. worthy of an all star. Yeah, you know, starting spot. So then we're forced to do that. It's like the freaking yeah. that's it's it's like the you know greatest players of all times debate where where actually I hate it because it ends up with just everyone criticizing all these other amazing yeah, players yeah, in order yeah. to it's, put their own guy up and it's just every anyway um I don't it guess. stops being a, a celebration of like all of these guys skills and you know you talk about who's the greatest player of all time and everyone just starts talking about like lebron getting cramps in 2013 it's like this is not what <laughs> a conversation about exactly the all-time yeah. best players should be exactly yeah a- anyway do you have any more thoughts on on all-star game or the weekend coming up or whatever uh who's coaching Oh, good question. I haven't seen actually. Isn't it always the um, the coaches of the top seed in that conference? That would make sense. I'm pretty sure that's the case, but I don't know. Who cares who the all-star game coaches? <laughs> it should just be Tom Thibodeau for the East every year. I mean, just for comedic <laughs> purposes. Like he's so, barking up and down the sideline in the all-star game. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's whoever's got the best record. You were okay. right. Yeah. Yeah, they Good take call. that whole. So, what? That's time. currently, yeah, yeah. Tibbs and Monty. Yeah, cool. Did you say Tibbs? Did you yeah. say Tibbs? <laughs> Tibbs, the bull, you know. <laughs> the oh, Chicago yeah, Bulls fits, coach, yeah. Tom Tibbs. <laughs> it fits. All right, let's, let's move on to uh, Ben Simmons' watch, the fortnightly Ben Simmons' watch. Yeah, amazing. So, there's been. Talk in the last couple of weeks um, about potential trade partners for Simmons. It's heating up yeah. because the trade deadline is coming up. First, there was this whole thing about the Nets and James Harden and Harden not being happy in Brooklyn, like didn't like living there, <laughs> which is pretty funny given what we know about. He didn't like living Houston. there. Yeah, it was too cold or something. Um, yeah. He, he, you yeah, know, th- this is reporting, by the way. Um, James Harden like denied all of this. Okay. Um, well, he didn't straight up deny it. He just said, if you didn't hear it from me, then it's not true, yeah. which I guess is a denial. I don't know. I That's a denial. Judge of that. That's a but, denial. That's uh, a he really said, good didn't man. like, didn't like, uh, 
Steve Nash's rotations and was frustrated with the Kyrie Irving situation. So, I mean, that makes sense. Like from James Harden's perspective, he goes to sign up to be in this big three and then one guy's not playing half the games and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, Harden shut that down. The Nets shut that down. Looks like that's not going to be a thing. But since then, um, some of the Bradley Beal talk has started making its way into the daily discourse where there was a report where Beal has uh, been feeling conflicted about his future with the Wizards, which I feel like comes up every couple of years, but it never Every year. <laughs> every year. But like today he was saying like, oh, you know, I think I'd probably sign a Supermax deal. Uh, it's it's like, buddy, I wouldn't sign you to a Supermax deal if I were the Wizards, but that's yeah, a different that's, I mean, that's the whole... Yeah, that's another debate. Because he's not playing that well this year. And I, yeah, like, I 20, don't think... 23 points a game and he doesn't really play D. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think he's a supermax guy at all. He's like a second or third fiddle on a on a championship yeah. team. You know, I yeah. think that's fair. He could be the second best player on a championship team. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's been floated out. So it'd be Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal. It was reported that Philly is willing to make that trade. They just don't want to throw in Tyrese Maxey or nope. um, Matisse Thybulle into the deal which I'm sure Washington would want, but, you know, this is what negotiations are about. Anyway, how do you feel about this whole situation and this deal? Like, how do you feel about the situation? How do you feel about the deal if it went down for both teams? Uh, if we're talking like a one-for-one one trade right there, I think that's a win-win for both of them. Mm. Um, I think if you're Philly, though, you really don't want to throw in Maxi or Tybal because if you've got, you know, you, you land Beal, you've got Beal, Seth Curry, or both in heavy rotation, often playing together, you know, they're often going to be out there at the same time, or you're very rarely going to have both of them off. And I don't love that defensively if I'm Philly. So you want guys like Tybal, you want guys Mm. like Maxi, who are very, you know, kind of gritty, intelligent team defenders um, to, to kind of, you know, pick up a lot of that slack. So if I'm Philly, I don't really want to take Beal and then part with some of my best perimeter defenders. So, I would be sticking to my guns if I were them and being like, you know, take Simmons, but Maxi, Tybal, they're our guys. Especially with Beal's underperformance this year, I wouldn't be, you know, desperate to throw everything away to to get him. If I'm Washington, it's pretty clear that nothing's really going to eventuate from having Bradley Beal on your roster, you know, like you, you kind of need... Oh, God, no. Different, <laughs> different, like it's... It's kind of a similar situation to what Philly's in, where you're getting rid of nothing to, you know, have some prospective value in the future. Like, yeah. you, you're kind of taking a gamble, but you're not really giving up that much at the same time. So, I think a one-for-one deal, I, I'd do it if I'm either of those teams. I reckon that's a pretty, you know, clean down the middle win-win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And yeah, if I'm Philly, I'm definitely... I'm definitely not giving up Maxi because Maxi's like come on and shown that he's a real player. Like he had a 30 piece and got them the win against the Grizzlies Mm. the other night. He's real good. He's good. Um, And young. And yeah, Thibault's like just an unbelievable defender and athlete. So both of them I wouldn't want to part ways with. Uh, And I like, I don't know why they should have to. Bill is clearly coming to the end of his run in Washington. Um, I don't want to say like he's over the cliff as a player. He's still young, but I think... He's, he's over the cliff in that situation because they just haven't been good for so long and it's just like his his value is wasted and he's not like that 1A alpha, like put the team on my back kind of guy, MVP no. candidate, at least make um, a really shitty team into an average team. Like he's not that guy. Um, but I do think it'd be a really good second fiddle on, on Philly. I think Philly Absolutely. gets him in the building 
um, along with Maxi, along with, um, you know, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tybal, and then obviously Joel Embiid, who's looking like the MVP right now. That's a real threat for the championship. Um, and then, yeah, from Washington's side, like they get a young all-NBA caliber player. They get to start a rebuild. Um, you know, they have expiring contracts on their books and stuff, and uh, that's a good piece for them. So, yeah. But I don't blame Washington for wanting to get one of those other guys either. Like, if no, I'm Washington, I'm trying to get... it's a huge gamble. Yeah, it is a big gamble. Like, um, you're taking Simmons, and you really don't know what you're getting there. No. Like, but at the same time, if they trade Beal for Simmons, Simmons kind of has to play, or I think his career is done, you know? Like, if the Wizards give up... Well, he's Beale not going to go to Washington and not play. No, exactly. Like he, you, you can be pretty confident if you're Washington, he's going to play because he that's doesn't what, really. That's what was so choice. so funny about the whole. You know, he's obviously been sitting out because of the whole thing that happened in Philly. Yeah, and being thrown under the bus by Doc and Embiid and just that whole situation. But then as the situation went on, you know, him and Rich Paul and Clutch released a statement. Oh, his mental health. You know, he's sitting out for mental health reasons and. And all of that. Now, like mental health is something you take very seriously, especially for pro athletes who are young, uh, haven't really had time to develop into like a normal person in most circumstances because they've been in the spotlight since they're 18 years yeah. old. Like they had no struggling time as an adult. That can be very hard. Um, and and also just the constant spotlight on you from that young, young of an age, like every day assessing your job and the spotlight yeah. and just, you know, like that's that's really rough. So you don't want to take that lightly. But, you know, there was a bit of skepticism when Ben Simmons said that, but it's like, all right, maybe, you know, you can understand that about the mental health. But then, you know, there were concerns being raised from other teams that are wanting to trade for Ben Simmons saying, well, he's, you know, he's not mentally healthy enough to play. Is he going to be able to play for us? So Clutch releases a statement saying, basically saying all of Ben Simmons' mental health problems will go away when he's traded from <laughs> Philly and he'll be able to play for me. And to that, I say shenanigans because, like, don't... <laughs> Don't mess with the like. Don't use mental health as a yeah. as a vessel to help your cause yeah. because it's such a serious topic that people are only just getting over the stigmatization of. Absolutely. Like in recent years, like it's only in recent years become acceptable for people, men specifically, to be able to say, "I'm not feeling mentally healthy right now," and you know, I can't perform it in in. You know, days past, it was that meant you're not tough or whatever. So to do that, yeah. that's that's not you know that's yeah. that's to yeah. be frowned upon. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe all of his mental health problems are tied into being around Philly and he'll feel better. I, but I don't know. But it, you know, if that's the case, it's yeah, yeah. No, that's, I'm, I, with that's, you. I'm with I'm shenanigans on that. I'm yeah. sorry. It's just, I, don't I, don't I, mess I, with I the, the mental I, health thing. It's, yeah, it's no, serious. I your call for shenanigans. Yeah, it, yes. it, it trivializes a very important. That's it. thing and you know if it all comes out and all is revealed that you know that was code for i don't want to play for philly it it makes it a lot harder for other players other athletes other people in general going forward to That's come right. out and say that is a legitimate thing it, it, it just makes life <laughs> harder for everyone specifically people who might be going through That's right. yeah. mental health difficulties so yeah if that is the case and that is what's going on cut it out yeah, it's too late to cut it out. It's too far gone. Like, he can't. He can't. Like, <laughs> cut it out, Ben. He has no choice but to just further dig his heels in. Yeah, you're like, really going to talk. He might sit out the entire season. I mean, I mean, I mean, like if he doesn't get traded, there's no yeah. way he plays for Philly again, right? No. So he's going to sit out the entire season, which, by the way, means he gives up thirty-two million dollars. 
But to me, and this is, you know, I know we're talking about Washington, like acquiring a really good young player. But to me, regardless of what situation you've been, you've been through, like what player who loves basketball and is competitive and, and loves being out there just wants to sit out a whole season, regardless yeah. of circumstance. No, like I know myself and, and people that play basketball, like if you don't play for a few weeks, you itch to play, you know, if you miss yeah. actual game time, you know, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I like, I don't know any great players, NBA or otherwise, that are just happy to sit out of an entire season. I just, I don't know, you know, it just yeah, makes you yeah. question how much he actually cares. It's know? very in line with the questions people have had for him yeah, uh, about him for a while, about, you know, how much is his heart in this? Is he... Right. you know, fully committed, fully motivated. And, and I guess, you know, if he is happy to just kind of cruise for a year in order to land in a preferable destination, you know, maybe that speaks to that side of him where it's like, yeah, yeah this this might be something he's absurdly talented at, but his heart might not be into the fullest yeah, extent. Definitely. Um, yeah. We'll see how it plays out. I'm sure we'll talk about it. <laughs> many, many, many more more podcasts to come um all right let's let's take a break take a breather <laughs> and then we'll um we'll, we'll come back and we'll do mid-season contenders versus pretenders all right let's do contenders and pretenders i said contenders versus pretenders last time as you pointed out during the break i don't know why i said verse you're not <laughs> you're not facing off with one another <laughs> but it's the mid-season. i got my money on the contenders yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. Anyway, shut up. Uh, we're, we're at the midpoint of the season. So I want to go through a few teams. Well, I've got 12 teams here. Um, and I want to talk about, get your opinion on whether they're contenders or pretenders. I think that's yeah. pretty self-explanatory. I like the binary of it because I don't need to have like complex, well-reasoned thoughts. I can just like yell out a word and that's it. I would I would like you to support the <laughs> <laughs> your theory with some actual thought though <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see it's not just like a 10 second game where, where you shout out the answer like <laughs> i'd like to have some conversation about this we'll see I, I think that'd be beneficial for the the listeners all right let's get into it all right starting with the milwaukee bucks contender or pretender they're a contender they're a contender you know they, they won the championship last year and then they, they've kept their team relatively intact. Drew Holiday's like settling in and having a fantastic year. Um, their record isn't quite as good, but they are, you know, come playoff time, like they're absolutely one of the top teams to beat. Yeah, I've got them as a contender as well. No doubt. Won the championship last year. They're missing Brook Lopez a bit though. And they've kind of, they're kind of doing that like repeat or slump a bit where it's just, like, hard to stay consistently motivated at this point in the yeah. year. But I'm with you. Like, they get Lopez back. Honestly, even if they don't, they're still a major threat in the playoffs. I just don't think there's that many teams that can deal with, like, a locked-in Giannis. Uh, no. And I think he just, like, hit the nail on or, or hit multiple nails on the head or however you want to say that during the playoffs. Like, it all clicked for him and he, like, yeah. he realized his best self or something. Um, and I just feel like they're going to be really hard to stop. I'm not saying they're the favorite, but uh, they're definitely, definitely a, a, a legitimate contender. Um, yeah, they're the defending champs. They aren't that. Yeah. Um, all right, next team on the list. I'm going alphabetical order, by the way, Ari. Okay. But nickname 
alphabetical order, not city. Okay. So the Bulls? In case, in case there's any... Yeah, the Bulls. Nice one. The Chicago Bulls. Bulls. Ah, oh, they're... A... <laughs> they're straddling the line for me. Like, I think they're playing so phenomenally well and they're clicking as a team so beautifully that you kind of have to give them the the contender status right now. But having said that, I don't see them winning a championship. I see them making some noise in the playoffs. I see them being tough to beat. Um, but I think relatively they're fairly young. They have limited playoff experience. DeMar DeRozan has extensive deep playoff experience. And that could be enough to kind of give them that leadership and that, you know, that sort of missing that that element of defeat that you I always think you need to excel in deep into the playoffs. And DeRozan might be enough to give them that, but I feel like this Bulls team probably needs another year or two in the oven to kind of really figure out who they are, how they can win in the playoffs before they are a serious threat to win a championship. Yeah, unfortunately, I have them as a pretender as well, uh, which is tough because I love this team so much. But yeah, they started, you know, tailing off a little bit from their hot start. And then with the injuries to Lonzo Ball out eight weeks, Alex Caruso injury, the broken hand, thanks to Grayson Allen, out eight weeks as well. Um, I really like the Bucks, and I'm so upset that he plays for them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's tough. (laughs) It's tough. Uh, But, yeah, like even regardless of those injuries, to be honest, though, I I had a hard time seeing them as a team that could actually win the championship. I thought they could potentially make a, you know, maybe like a finals run if they somehow won the conference. Championship to me would be really pushing it just because, yeah, they they are inexperienced. Um, But I think they also lack some size to deal with, you know, some of the guys like Giannis like, or Embiid. Like, I, I don't know how they would deal with a guy like that in the playoffs. Vooch, God bless him, would just get eaten up by those guys. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, with Patrick Williams out, uh, they just I just don't think they have the size for that. So I feel like they're a move away, maybe a couple of seasons away, a season or two away. They're a really, really good team, and that's why they're on this list. Um, but I just don't see them as a, you know, legit contender right now, um, especially yeah. with, with the injury trouble and stuff like that. Um, all right, next team. Your guys, Ari, Cleveland Cavaliers. Are they a yeah. contender or a pretender? No, they're, they're a pretender, God bless. Okay. <laughs> um, like, they're, they're a lot of fun. I really like them. I think Darius Garland might be something special. Mm. Uh, but, you know, they're not They're not contending for a championship here. They're, they're a good team. They could maybe upset someone in the playoffs if everything clicks. You know, Jared Allen's really nice. Um Kevin Love is also on the team. But yeah, they're not contending material because they don't have, you know, they don't have a superstar who's going to get you buckets down tough games. They don't have any experience in the playoffs. They don't have that much experience playing together as a unit. They're not the greatest defensive team in the league. I, I just think there are, you know, there, there are too many, they're just too young, they're too green, and they're a few pieces away. But they're, they're playing really well and they're a lot of fun. Yeah, 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 they're they're a pretender for sure. But that it should be so celebrated that they're even on this Absolutely. list where it's a yeah. question because before the season, I mean, everyone w- was thinking this team was going to be a bottom feeder, you know. Yeah. And now they're they're like a home court advantage team in the East. It's fucking insane. Like Darius Garland has come on so strong. Like he's such a fun and rock solid point guard. Like I, I love watching him play. And then the Evan Mobley. 
of it all, mm. who has just like come into the league as like a defensive ace as a big man, where it's not just like he's blocking shots and be at, being athletic. He's like doing all of that Anthony Davis shit where he's, and Giannis stuff where he's like showing hard on a pick and roll, getting back in position on, on the, on the roll man when he receives the ball and contesting a shot. He's taking away lobs. He's just like, he's everywhere on defense. He's a savant um, already. And he's so young. Um, and like, he, like he looks like he's going to be a, an absolute star. Like he's got some Kevin Garnett, Kind of, kind of vibes. To yeah, me. he's um, twenty, and Garland is twenty-two. Yeah, it's wild. like that's. It's wild. Do you think they can keep these guys together? And then like Jared Allen I mean, is twenty-three. Yeah, I mean you hope to. Yeah, and Jared Allen as well. Like the shot blocking duo of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley is just so intimidating for offenses. Um, I mean that's why they're in this position. I definitely think they could win a round, maybe two. Like I mean, they're they're not they're probably not going to make the conference finals. But geez, man, like if if Cleveland this year like gets home court advantage and wins a playoff series, that's such a huge success for them. Oh yeah, and as, yeah, especially be because this that would be like the first time like post LeBron <laughs> that they've yeah. ever done you know anything like I like the last time they were good not LeBron was like the early 90s it's crazy so, yeah yeah um, yeah uh, sh- shouts out to Cleveland <laughs> yeah like awesome. good just, just need to fix those uniforms and then they'll be a great great team to watch <laughs> all right oh, um, fixing uniforms because we're not going to talk about them ever again um, the Knicks city edition uniforms and the, the court which comes with them is just horrendous it's yeah it's uh, yeah, it, it's like the Halloween vibe. Like it's black yeah. with yeah. the orange. Mostly the I court. Yeah, the court makes it so disgusting. It's like it, it's way too dramatic. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't get why every team like has to have a black uniform. It's, it just doesn't make sense. It's so stupid. No. Especially like the teams like the Knicks and stuff that have such a cool color scheme. Yeah, it, it aggravates me. It aggravates a yeah. lot of people. I know like it's, yeah, it's very aggravating. Um, all right, Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies, contender or pretender? Oh, pretender. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay. Pret- Give me, just, what's your reason? Oh, but they're. I just think they're not. Like when I watch a team like Phoenix play, and you watch guys like Chris Paul and Devin Booker, there's. A certain level of kind of, I know it's hard to say like intelligence or poise because I think Ja Morant, you watch him play, he's like one of the smartest young guys in the league and he, he's like a superstar already. But there's something about watching like the Suns play, watching guys like Steph play on the Warriors, watching the Giannis's, where I get more of a sense of whatever's going to get thrown at you, they can kind of overcome and handle a lot more. And I think in the playoffs, everything is going to get thrown at you. And I just think the Grizzlies need to kind of figure out fallback options a little more. I feel like when they're doing their thing, when everything's going well, they're phenomenal, one of the best teams in the league. I just don't think they have had to kind of deal with what happens when everything, you know how to do everything you think you need to do to win is taken away from you. What what do you do in that situation? I think they just need to kind of figure that out. This time next year, I reckon I'll be calling him a contender. Yeah, that's fair. I actually, I've got him as a contender this year. Yeah. And I agree with all the points you're making. Um, they're not, 
they're not like that rock solid veteran. I know what to do in every situation kind of team, but they have that unpredictable upside. Yeah. Specifically with Ja Morant, where part of it is we're too young to know any better. And also we mm. have this explosive potential of our best player and leader. And I think throughout the years, like we've seen a number of examples of teams either winning a championship or making the finals earlier than anyone expected. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, like I'll use, so the 06 Heat, they were a championship yeah. favorite, but Shaq actually dropped off during that year um, and people expected him to be the main reason, uh, but it ended up being like a young Dwayne Wade in his third year. I think Allen Iverson yeah. in 02, his explosive mm. potential, much like Ja, dragged that team to the finals. The Warriors, when they won in 2015, was sooner than expected. Um, Orlando and OKC making the finals in 2009, yeah. 2012, like earlier than expected. I just have yeah. a vibe with this team where I feel like they click, they have the superstar, they play hard, they play defense, and they're super, super confident. Um, and I think they have that vibe where they can just do that to someone unexpectedly. Um, so yeah, I've got them as a contender. They're an outside, like they're not my favorite. They're an outside shot, yeah. but I, I can't at this point say no for a fact. Like that guy, John Morant, cannot win a championship this year. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. if I, I would love if they won a championship this year. Yeah. Oh yeah, it'd be yeah, it'd be it'd be extremely fun. Uh, yeah, Jar is. John makes me feel things, you know, I haven't felt since watching <laughs> Iverson and Nash and, and Kobe. It's, it's wild, man. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. uh, all right. Um, next team up, Miami Heat. Surprisingly contender. They've, you know, I thought early in the season they were looking a little shaky. They had a ton of, you know, players out. They weren't really able to run with a consistent roster, but things are kind of looking up for them now. And, you know, they're, they're really climbing back. You watch them play. And the, the, the last week or so, a couple of weeks, has been a bit rough again. But they've managed to claw their way back to, to second in the East. And when they're playing well, it's, it's well enough that I think they could, you know, they could break it all home. Yeah, they're, they're definitely a contender for me. Uh, specifically, you know, because they've done so much of this with, with so many of their best players being out for periods of time, like they've missed tons of Jimmy, missed tons of Bam, and like Eric Spolster has just got to be the best coach in the league because they just yeah. keep they just keep winning. Like, and he just figures something out every game. But having all of those guys back, like Carl Lowry, is such a good addition for them. Where it just yeah. gives them that element on offense they didn't have last year, where it's push the pace, find all these mismatches and advantages uh, that the system already exposes. But he's just so smart, you know. Um, and I think if the, all of those guys are healthy, uh, they do it on both ends, they're, they're a tough out and, and might be my favorite to win the East. Ooh. Not yet. That's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, I, ju- I just feel like there's a lot of inconsistency with other teams in the East. There right is. Right now. Yeah. Um, and Miami, if, if the, even though their lineups have been inconsistent with injuries, the way they've been playing has been consistent. It's very consistent. And yeah, come playoff time, if they can stay healthy, it's unclear at the moment what's going on with Kyle Lowry, but assuming he will be, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, if they're all healthy. Like if they're, if they're not yeah. healthy, we're not, yeah. Yeah. That's a good. But yeah, like I, they're, they're damn hard to beat. Like they play defense, they play as a team like no one else. And yeah, Spolstra is, you can't count out Spolstra ever. No. 
All right, Utah Jazz. Um, I think they're a contender. I think... Oh, there's just so... I put a lot of question marks around the Jazz. Mm. I mean, you know, Mitchell's been out a bit. Gobert's been out a bit. Ingles is down for the season, which is a huge... It's such a shame because the ACL, that'll go into next year as well. Yeah. And he's 34. Yeah, like that's going to be a a really hard one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the biggest thing holding me back from... Uh, you know, calling them like an out-and-out contender. But Mitchell's great. Gobert is just uh, an absurd interior presence. Um, they've got a lot of options. They know how to play together. They've they've had a couple of good playoff runs that have been cut short. I think, you know, they hit their stride at the right time. Very hard to beat. I, I wouldn't expect them to win a championship, but I, I think you have to include them in the conversation. But there are always so many weird things going on where there are like articles coming out talking about like, it was Mitchell, you know, want to play for a bigger market than Utah. Like, it's like, where are these stories coming from? Like at all times that I always well, have the sense that like, do they hate each other? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, like he like likes a tweet, uh, a negative tweet about Gobert or something. And then, yeah, like, and then like reporters ask him about it and he kind of, shrugs off the question and then that means they ask the teammates about it the teammates have to deal with it it's kind of yeah. diva shit like and i yeah. like Jonathan mitchell but it's diva yeah. it's kind of disappointing he acts like that yeah stuff like that holds me back from being like you know like on a good day these guys should be one of the front runners for the championship <laughs> but but I, I actually don't i don't know that that contributes to whether or not they're a true contender like i don't know how much that affects play there's been a no. lot of teams where guys don't like each other and they still win you know yeah yeah. Where 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 do you have them? Uh, I'm in the pretender category. I just can't okay. do it with Utah because Yep. I mean Ingalls it was having a down year, but it's still a big part of what he do, does. So that in or, about what Utah does, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so that injury impacts my decision, but I think my decision would already be there to put him in the contender category. Because I just feel like year after year in the playoffs it just doesn't work out. You said if yep. they're clicking at the right time, they're very hard to beat. Problem is, it never feels like they are clicking at the right time. Yeah. They got beat yep. by a Kawhi-less Clippers team in the playoffs last year. Um, yeah. And, you know, they get exposed in the playoffs defensively. And, like, a lot of people are on this train of, oh, Rudy Gobert got exposed defensively in the playoffs. He didn't. Like, if you get exposed defensively, it means somebody is going at you and playing you off the floor. The Clippers last year exposed everybody else on the Jazz team defensively because they stuck Morris out at the center. Gobert had to guard him out um, on the on the perimeter. And he wasn't getting beat one-on-one. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Every, everybody yeah. else was because they yeah. didn't have Gobert behind them. To, Old Rudy to, wasn't there to pick up their trash. Right, exactly. I mean, their, their defensive scheme is pretty much actually predicated on their perimeter players getting beat or at least funneling <laughs> them, funneling them their, yeah, their players yeah. down into Rudy. Like, that's what they do. Uh, yeah. And, and I just don't think, you know, when, that, when you have teams that can go small um, within your own conference, look at the Warriors specifically. Look at the Suns. I just feel like... Utah is going to get exposed defensively. All right, you got me. They're a, they're a pretender. You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. swayed you? All right, cool. Yeah, you swayed me. Yeah, right. I was on the fence. And yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, all right, next one, Dallas Mavericks. 
Oh, okay. I, I, th- this might be telling of what uh, my answer is going to be, but <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to bring them up. <laughs> um, they are a pretender. Yes, I, I've got them as well. I feel yeah. like I, I feel like Luca's greatness. You know, similar to what Jar could do or whatever with the Grizzlies, he could really elevate them. I just don't like their supporting players all that much. No, no, I really don't like their supporting players. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's... But Ari, and you, you may not like this, but credit to <laughs> credit to Jason Kidd because <laughs> because <laughs> Dallas is now a top five defensive team. I know it's bizarre. It's you wouldn't expect a team where like the most prominent faces on it are Luka Doncic and Chris Tapp's Porzingis right. would be a defensive powerhouse. But then yeah, well well done, Jason. <laughs> You're done good, I guess. <laughs> oh, it's good to see you giving his props. Um, <laughs> all right, next up, Brooklyn Nets contender, pretender. Yeah, they're a contender just because of you know, the, the talent involved in this team. Like, any team with James Harden, Kevin Durant, and some of Kyrie Irving has enough talent that you, you have to think that they can, you know, go all the way. Um, Kevin Durant, I think, is... This season, I felt like I don't think Kevin Durant's the MVP, but I feel like he's the best player in the league. I yeah. feel like, you know... like well, we he, discussed he, he, this what, in yeah. the last pod. Yeah, he's one of the best games. scorers I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, like, you know, the Nets just have so much star power and so much talent that they could, you know, kill anyone on any given night. Um, how much did, could, like, if you're playing the Nets in the playoffs, do you think, like, cities in America care enough about the playoff performance that they could, like, introduce vaccine mandates and stadiums to stop Kyrie from playing against you? <laughs> I I mean, like, I, I wouldn't... Um, I wouldn't blame them if they did. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the weak point of Brooklyn right now. Um, you know, yeah. they're, they're an opposing team's vaccine mandate away from losing one of their three <laughs> yeah. best. <laughs> but... Even even without him, you know, you got Harden, you got KD, you got a lot of other supporting dudes there who who can really step up and contribute every night. Um, yeah, I, I think you know, despite the fact that they're currently sitting at I think sixth in the East, they're yeah. they're a contender. Well, the East is really close in the standings anyway, but yeah, they're, they're a yeah. contender. They just have too much talent. They have you know, arguably when healthy, the best player in the league, Durant. Um, you know, even if they have James Harden and not Kyrie Irving for home games. It's, it's just still uh, and tons of offensive firepower. Uh, I don't think... I can't put them as a favorite just because of the weird Kyrie situation, but they're, they're absolutely a contender. They've just got yeah. a ton of question marks. <laughs> It'll yeah. be interesting to yeah. see how it plays out, but yeah, they're a contender. Um, all right, a few more teams. Got four more teams. Yeah. Uh, Denver Nuggets. They are a contender. They are... Oh, okay. Oh, you don't think the Nuggets okay. are a contender? Well, you make your case and I'll make mine. Okay. My case is, well, a lot of it comes down to Nikola Jokic, who is, you know, despite everything he's done in the past, having easily his best season in, in my mind. Um, he is creating his own shots and scoring with just 
ridiculous efficiency. He's like just shy of being a 60% field goal shooter. And that's as someone who takes it, makes a decent amount of threes as well. He, you know, can get shots up. He's underrated in how well he can get a good shot up in any scenario because of all his different hooks and it's mostly just his like hook shot that'll take from anywhere on the court. Uh, he can get a good look up at anywhere. He's one of the most phenomenal passers I've ever seen. You see a lot of good passers who are very good at identifying a cutter, seeing how the play is going to unfold, you know, making a good read. And then there are some passers who it feels like they can hold the ball and with their mind and their eyes dictate the entire flow of the play, oh, lead yeah. someone's opening and just create it. And in my mind, it's like him, LeBron, Jason Kidd are probably the top three at kind of having that feeling of just being able to stand there and control the whole game without moving and then hitting someone for an unbelievably open look. And uh, I've been like running through plays in my head and to me, they're the three which jump out. I mean, there's Magic Johnson as well. There's Magic Johnson as well. Never saw, you know, I'm trying to think the players who I like seen. See, Nash would kind of, he like, you know, one of the greatest passes of all time. To me, his thing was always, he would kind of make plays, create space, mm. draw defenders, you know, move people around actively. But there's something specific about yeah. the way you could kind of like passively get people open. Which yeah, it's it's the it's the hold hold it in a spot, yep. wait for the eventualities of the court yep. to unfold. Look in a direction in order to mislead um, the defenders, and then hit hit the right man at the right time. Like it's a different yep. kind of, and Nash could do yep. that as well. But it's a different could, kind yeah. of quality where the, mm. I know what you mean. The way they hold it, Kid was a little yeah. more fast breaky to me, but he, he was did a do that. More he would do that on the fast break where yes. Kind of, Come yeah. to a halt, pause, like wait for Kenyon Martin to slip through the lane. You think, oh, there's yeah. a lob to Kenyon Martin. Oh, no, wait, actually, it's Richard yeah. Jefferson on the backside. There's, like, yeah. there's something about the stillness of it, which I yeah. just find unbelievable. So I think, you know, I think he's the MVP so far this season. Um, and you put him in the middle. Guys like Will Barton, Monte Morris, Aaron Gordon, they fit around him. They hit shots when it's required of them. They can kind of step up and create their own looks if needed, you know. But I, I think there is a bit too much reliance on Jokic, and I think that is probably the main thing holding them back. But I feel like he's dominant enough with enough talent around him that they can they can make a genuine push. Yeah, like I love Jokic. I love great passes. It's my favorite um, favorite skill to watch, and just in general. Um, but I, like I can't I can't put Denver down as a contender because of the injuries with. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. I think it's too much. As great as Jokic is and was last year, like last year they make the second round and they still got waxed by Phoenix in four games. Yeah. And they didn't, you know, they had MPJ in that series. They don't anymore. I just don't think they have enough around him. I think if, if Jamal Murray can come back and, you know, there's word that he'll, I mean, when did he do yep. it last year? He did the ACL like a little bit before the playoffs. So he yeah. could be back for the playoffs. And if he That's does come back and he looks good and healthy. It is, but, you know, I don't know. Guys seem to be recovering much faster from injuries these days and coming yeah. back, you know, pretty strong. So we'll see. We'll see. Like, if they get back a healthy and, you know, 80 90% of what he previously was, Jamal Murray, then, you know, maybe I'll put him in that category. But right now, I just don't think they have enough. I'm just all in on Jokic right now. And I think, I, I think he might be able to, you know, 
force of will dominate their way deep into the playoffs. It's fair. Again, another one of these teams I'd call a contender where I would be surprised if they won, but you know they're, they're still in that kind of final block for me. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so next team I think is in a real similar situation to Denver, actually, which is the Sixers. We have yeah. Embiid, dominant center, who's just playing absolutely unbelievably right now. Um, and then you have a, you know, a key guy missing in Ben Simmons. Anyway, Sixers, you think they're a legit contender or are they a pretender? Yeah, they're, they're a legit contender. They're more of a contender in my eyes than the Nuggets are. Um, Embiid is kind of the other guy. You know, he's the other center in the East, who I think is also in the MVP conversation. Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought they were going to be this good going into the season. I thought the Ben Simmons loss uh, would kind of be enough to really tank them and their hopes, but I've been very impressed with them this year. Embiid is a powerhouse. He's just oh. dominant as anything. Yeah, he's and, having like one of those early 2000s Shaq type seasons. And his yeah, durability yeah. has been crazy. Like he always misses a lot of games, he hasn't missed many. So it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, super really impressive. good. And then like Seth Curry is having uh, just a hell of a year. Tobias Harris has been really nice. And then we spoke about them earlier, but you know, Tyrese Maxey, um, Matisse Tybel, and then you know, you got other guys now like Shake Milton, who, who's just, you know, he's been out a bit. But, like, when he's playing, when Danny Green's playing, they've just got a lot of guys who will play hard, know their spot on the floor. And it's all feeling like it works around Joel Embiid a lot mm. more than it ever did with Ben Simmons. Yeah, because it's the shooters and the spacing and everything like yeah. that. So did you have them as a contender or pretender? Did oh, you, contender. You yeah, contender. You do have them as a contender. All right, shit. Contender. More uh, than I'm the not... Nuggets. Above the Nuggets. Okay, yeah. I'm unfortunately, I, go, I have to go pretender with them, but like they're just on the verge because Embiid's... Have you had anyone as a contender yet? Who's I've had contender? my contenders the have been the, the Bucks, the Grizzlies, the Heat, the Nets. Yeah, I've got four so far. I, I'm surprised that you've got the Grizzlies a contender, as a contender, but not the Sixers. What's, what's holding them back? Um, I, what's holding the Sixers back is I always thought that the... It's the same thing that always held them back was in the playoffs. I don't have a perimeter shot creator or playmaker. Yeah. And like year after year, you see the teams that win are the teams that have that and you need that. Um, and so, yeah, like Maxi's stepped up, but he's not in the, on that level. And Tobias Harris no. is not on that level. And so no. I, I can understand like in a vacuum, you can say like, all right, well, like the Sixers are playing so well. Like, why Why are the Grizzlies in there, but the Sixers who have the be the best player out of those two teams and arguably just as good a supporting cast not in there? It's because of where the positions are, you know? Yeah. Like, the Grizzlies' best player is a perimeter, ball-centric player um, who can make things... Like, they just don't get marginalized as much. And these are very hard for yeah. a, a big man like Embiid, as great as he is, to carry a team deep yeah. in the playoffs without the perimeter shot creation. And that, that just bears out year after year. Um, yeah. And so See, you know, that's that's why I don't have it. Yeah. I think what's kind of giving, allowing me to give them the benefit of the doubt on that is I think they have enough guys who are almost there. Well, three guys, really. I think between Maxi Harris, and Curry, you've got three guys who can get hot and can create their own looks to a certain extent. None of them are going to be someone you're going to yeah. possession after possession. But I think 
combined, okay. it gives them enough that I'm like, maybe, maybe that's all you need. No, it's fair enough. But that's, that's yeah. your reason for including them is my reason for not including yes. them. They don't have yeah. the guy that yeah. where it's like, we need four possessions in a row where we're getting a good shot. Like they don't have yeah. that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. teams will live with, all right, we'll double off Danny Green. Danny Green is mm. going to catch a cold one. You know what I mean? Like I just, it's, yeah. it's. Danny Green's it's always hard. catching cold ones. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that, that's my reasoning for it. And that's yeah. why I think like all you need is a Bradley Beal type of guy. Though. You know, not that he's like the most amazing perimeter dude, but if. Would if that be enough to. Add Bradley Beal to this team in exchange yeah. for Simmons. So essentially you're losing nothing. Yes. Yes. I think yeah. so. I think he's consistent enough. You don't yeah. need like Embiid's that good. You don't need like a Kawhi or a Durant mm. on your team or whatever. But I just don't think yeah. they have anywhere near enough of that perimeter stuff yeah. consistently. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, you know, they're not surprised. All right, next two teams, I think, are pretty much formalities. Um, yeah, but, these are the these are the two. All right, Phoenix Suns contender. But what what do you like about the Suns? I like that they're kind of like head and shoulders above the rest of the league right now. And how yeah, well it feels playing. like that. Yeah, like it's. I was not expecting because because I feel like to a large extent it's very balanced this year and week to week teams are playing radically differently and it's always getting chopped and changed who I think is kind of in this contender thing but the Suns have just been on a tear like like the entire time I think they've had like I think in the months of January and November they lost two or three games combined and then in December they had a bit of a rough patch. But, you know, you kind of take out that and they're having an all-time great season. They're 41-9, and nine, uh, which is, you know, on track for just shy of a 70-win year. It's, 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 it's just remarkable. Like, there was a lot of chatter around last year's finals about was this the year they needed to win? Was there a perfect combination of them getting hot plus Chris Paul not being too old yet? Like, was there, there was that feeling of, like, was that their one and only shot? And now they've kind of come out this year with that exact same energy, that same level of just elite play, and they're, they're just rolling with it. Yeah, it's super impressive. I, you know what? You know what we should do here. Um, the next team is the Warriors. That's the last team yeah. on the list. We Contender. know both these teams are contenders. They're both the two best teams in the league right now. Um, let's talk about them in regards to one another for a little bit. Mm. Who do you see as the favorite out of these two teams? Assuming you think one of these two teams is the favorite to win the championship, I think I think these are the two favorites right now. Agreed. Um, I th- I think it's between them right now. I think I would take. Oh, oh man, <laughs> it's a really hard one. I th- maybe the Warriors. Okay. Yeah, but right. I was about I was Speak about to, to say the Suns. And then as I got half got halfway out my mouth, I was like, no, that's not quite right. Because the Warriors once what they've been able to do with Clay out to me has just showed just how good they are. Like you you look at what Steph's been doing, assuming he breaks his shooting slump, which you know he's not gonna be a shit shooter all season. That's just not <laughs> gonna happen. Um and then you kind of double that with Clay Thompson. That's just ridiculously hard to defend. The amount of gravity both of those guys have out on the court. And then the way Wiggins playing, the way Draymond Green has proven he can play when he actually wants to win and thinks they can win is just phenomenal. Like, I just think top to bottom, they, 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 they've done it. Like, we've, I feel like we've pretty much seen this exact team win a championship and, and they're kind of back, you know? 
I'm I'm going Phoenix. Going Phoenix? Phoenix is my pick. Uh, and the reason is the same reason I keep coming back to, and it might sound weird um, saying this in regards to a team with Steph Curry on it, but perimeter shot creation. I think yep. as good as Golden State is and as good as Steph Curry is, they're lacking a little bit of perimeter shot creation. They have one guy that can do it, Steph. Phoenix has two guys that can do it, CP and Devin Booker. Yeah. And Steph, as good as he is with the ball in his hands, he does a good chunk of his work off the ball, which is an amazing element for him. Yeah. But a small guard who does a lot of work off the ball. And a lot of Golden State's offense is predicated on that off-ball movement, back cuts, um, Steph and Clay flying around and all of that. But what happens in a playoff series when you're going up against a team like Phoenix, we have four to five guys that are switching every screen. Those back screens aren't working as well. They've scouted the hell out of you because they're a veteran team. They're locked in. Like the off-ball screens aren't working. You're not fooling them on the back cuts the same way. And the offense breaks down to seven seconds left. Everybody's in place. Who's going to go get a bucket? I know that's an overly simplistic way of looking at it, but often like a good chunk of possessions in the playoffs come down to that. When that does happen, I feel like Phoenix has one extra guy than Golden State does that can do that. Yep. And like it's so marginally marginal between these two teams, but I just think like if Golden State does catch a cold one, a lot of their chance goes away. Whereas Phoenix, I think, can overcome that because they have they can do so much work in their mid range, um, and j- just have the the two options as opposed to really Golden State's one. And so that's why Phoenix is my favorite right now. Yeah, that's yeah, totally fair. Can't fault that at all. I guess I guess the thing which helps me kind of with that, you know, whole thing of like, can they get by without having these extra shot creators and win a championship is, is yes, I saw them do it a couple yeah. of years ago. Oh, no, you I know? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I, I get it. It's very close. And, and I feel like, you know, as, as good as the Suns are, I can just imagine, you know, you get these two into a series, the third quarter starts and the Warriors just start hitting threes. They start hitting threes. Sure. Uh, they have that tendency to, you know, they can sort of get out on a run, get a good lead. Could Can the Suns kind of match that firepower? Is is DeAndre Ayton's body going to be able to, you know, after like a grueling playoffs, keep up in a seven-game series with the up-and-down pace of the Warriors? Like, is Ayton yeah. going to be able to stay healthy? Is he going to be fit enough? Is, is, Green, is Draymond Green going to be healthy, though, as well? He's got that back thing going on. That's so, fair. That's know. fair. But like I'm, I'm with you. It's they're very close. Like I'm predicting. They're the two. Game I think they're the two. Yeah. It'll, I think it'll be like an all-time series. It'll go seven games. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's very marginal. And Steph is the best player in that series. I just feel like Phoenix is a little more of a. Yep. Feels a little more solid to me. Yeah. Can't. Well, what a close. fun. What a fun series that will be. Oh, can't wait. Those. It's surely going to happen. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Well, that's the thing. I guess, you know what, thinking about how good these two teams are, maybe I want to change all of my other Western Conference ones, which was just the Nuggets. Maybe I want to make them a pretender. Because when you you kind of hold them up next to Phoenix or Golden State, it's like, you know, know, they're the only team with two all-star starters. It's like, how can you compete with that? Yeah. Um, But yeah, they're, they're two great ones. Who do you think the favorite in the East is? Um, well, I mean, I said Miami if they're healthy. I'm yeah. feeling like that. 
but you know what? Like I'm like, in all honesty, I'm thinking um, it's it's probably a tie at the moment for me between Miami and Milwaukee. I just yeah. trust Milwaukee, uh, but I think Miami has the chops to deal with Giannis. Although they didn't last year, it's a tough one. Um, yeah, it's Miami or Milwaukee for me. They're they're my two as well. I'd probably give the edge to Miami. I think I think I see those guys coming out. You know, what? I might have to give it to Milwaukee actually. Yeah, I'm gonna give the edge to um, Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, I give the edge to Milwaukee, and then the Nets are there. It's weird to call a team with. Wait, you give it to Miami or Milwaukee? I, I swear Milwaukee. you just said both. Oh, no, Milwaukee, it. Milwaukee. Yeah. Did you not say Miami? I think you said I, Miami. Cer- I certainly hope I didn't. <laughs> yeah, given it, given it to Milwaukee, it's weird to call a team with KD and Harden and Kyrie a dark horse, but the Nets are kind of. There's too many. It's just too many question marks. There's, yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, to me, it's that Western Conference. It's it's Phoenix. It's Golden State. Right now, they're the two teams to beat, especially now that. Steph has self-diagnosed his own slump. Apparently, did you did you hear what the issue was? No. What did he say? Uh, he said he realized um, on his jump shots, he realized he was pushing off his toes so much and was getting too much elevation through the toes rather than pushing up through the balls uh, of his yeah. feet, and he wasn't getting enough lift. Yeah, cool. That's I don't know how you fall into a rhythm like that. It's it's, it's odd. It's funny that, isn't it? The how jump you shot just, Yeah, you can just have some subtle change accidentally which throws you off that much and then you know like yeah. you hear him talk Jump about it, are a weird like, thing though. they are yeah like it feels like he I, I know what I he was doing like wrong. i i lose it sometimes and i'm like yeah wait this feels fucking weird and i'm but like, is it ever, <laughs> yeah <laughs> is it ever but, a case where you figure out what it is and you're like oh i was doing this minor physical thing differently and then i stopped doing that and now it feels better again like i just find that remarkable that he was able to kind of be like oh no this is what i was doing wrong and yeah. it works like i just think i'm sure so they cool. watch a lot of film you know but that that's yeah. westbrook's jump shot problem he jumps too freaking high Westbrook has a lot of jump shot problems. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. All right, um, that's contenders of the contenders. week. Yeah, let's get in the miscue of the week. You go. I, I want to hear yours first. Who is your miscue of the week? You're not going to like it. Okay, I'm not taking the piss here. It's Russell Westbrook's jump shot. Are you kidding? It is the amount of times he gets to kind of like outside the low block. And he takes a pull up and he goes for a bank and it just somehow hits the top of the backboard. Oh, it's it, unbelievable. It ha- I, I, so it happened twice this week. And then it led me down a thing of watching a mix of every time he's done it this season. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it a, it's remarkable. Yeah. It's, I don't know how that happens. I don't know if I've ever missed a shot that badly. <laughs> <laughs> he used to have that in his bag, that left block. Yeah. Shot. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's yeah. And every time you watch it, it looks like something has gone seriously wrong. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. unfathomable that he kind of gets what seems like such a good look. And yeah. then it just comes off his hands and just drifts up and just makes the most awkward contact with like the top corner of the backboard. And and that it's yeah. always the same spot it hits is the bizarre thing. Like he misses and hits the exact same spot on the top of the backboard very regularly. <laughs> Yeah, it I, I causes like the same response in me as like when a, an electrical kitchen appliance malfunctions or something. Like, <laughs> completely startled and like worried yeah. for my safety for a moment and also trying <laughs> to figure out what's going on. It's, yeah. it's not a good look. All right. Uh, my miscue of the week. 
I actually have a couple. I'm gonna, oh, yeah. I'm gonna go. All right. First of all, Grace and Ellen, come on, bro. Again, yeah. again, yeah. Grace and Ellen. So, See, go on. I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, no, fair, yeah, no. no it, one does. It's the thing is, someone got hurt, but this was always going to happen. It was like ever since he was a, a college player, he's done this shit. And, yeah, and, yeah. and you know then someone gets seriously injured it's like well what else was going to happen how else was this going to end yeah no exactly he's got a rep for it's yeah it's he's a dirty player he's like the definition of a dirty player mm. and i feel like with um with things like that like you get a one game suspension where your action caused somebody a two-month injury yeah that's not fair and like yeah. on, this wasn't even the worst thing like he didn't need to throw that second arm in uh, but it wasn't like the dirtiest play he's ever made. Like I yeah. get Caruso's flying for a dunk to the basket and he's, you know, and it was a dirty play. He didn't need to throw that second in, but he's just straight up tripped people before. Anyway, yeah. uh, my second miscue of the week is the fucking, the fans voting for Andrew Wiggins in the All-Star game. What are we doing? <laughs> Come on. I almost had that as well. Come on. Oh, poor Wiggins. He's all right. Come on. And then, I've got a third miscue of the week. This one's for the yeah. NFL fans listening out here because it was championship week. Jaworski yeah. Tart missing an interception in the championship game that would have sealed the game. Ari, you could have caught this thing. Jaworski, what's the name? Tart. Jaworski Tart. That's a great name. I really like. Yeah, it. it's, it's a good name. Bad hands. Yeah. But uh, bad hands. Was bad it just hands. a real gimme? You got to watch what was, it. What was the consequence of him dropping the interception? 49ers are up three with like in the fourth quarter or something yeah uh, rams matt matt stafford throws a bomb downfield it's like in his lap in his freaking lap and he it hits his hands and he just drops it rams go down score a touchdown they win the game oh and, yeah yeah it was a bad one <laughs> yeah okay so that's a that's a fairly consequential that's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. potential super bowl win being it taken oh. it was bad anyways that's my three miscues one one non basketball related one, so there you go. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't realize we could do non basketball ones. No, you can't. That's a one off. Ne- next time I'll talk to you about various social faux pas I've made in the previous fortnight. Actually, that would be a great corner. I'm all for that. I'm totally <laughs> cool if we do that every week. <laughs> I'm totally cool with that. Ari corner. The Ari corner. This is this is how I alienated those around me this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. Do you, do you have any other NBA thoughts this week or anything you want to touch on that we didn't get to? Um, oh, I got some Lakers stuff, but it, minimum 45 minutes worth. So we'll, no, so we'll save, leave. It. save it because it'll be the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. The same. <laughs> save it for another pod. Um, all right. In that case, let's wrap it up there then. This is the Miscue NBA podcast. If you're a fan of the show, if you enjoy listening, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, or Apple Podcasts, I should say. It's not iTunes anymore. Um, share it around with your friends who listen to basketball. Hit us up with a message about any feedback or any topics you want us to talk about. Um, otherwise, keep tuning in again. We will see you in two weeks' time. Peace out.